Amen. Thank you, Doug. Whew, God is good. All the time. Say it together, brothers and sisters. God is good. All the time. God is good. Amen. Amen. Um, I'm going to be preaching from the book of James this morning. Very familiar passage, James chapter 1, verses 2 to 8. Um, so I was preparing this week. That was the passage the Lord put on my heart and reminded me about. And um, I'm going to kind of tell you a little bit why. I don't know if you guys remember this. You have to go a ways back uh, to remember this. But there's, there's a movie called Groundhog Day. And uh, I was looking at the opening to this movie. It's a Bill Murray movie. It's a hilarious movie. Um, but, you know, it, he kept living over the same day over and over and over again. I remember in the town he was a, a weatherman. He's, he's, you know, trying to see if, if the, uh, the groundhog's going to come up on that day. And he's got to go back to his old town, you know. He, he grew out of that. But God used that time. It was funny. The movie's hilarious. Um, but... All that to say, what our country has been going through right now reminds me of Groundhog Day. But not in the funny way of the movie, and in the sad way that we, we are stuck. We, we are stuck, and we continue uh, to, to go through this virus. And, 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 and it just it, 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 it bothers me, you know, that, that we, you know, we continue... Uh, to be in this place. And so we, and, and where I really saw the pattern happening is in our prayer meeting. I don't, I don't know how many of you have been involved in our prayer meeting. I encourage you to, to take part. Uh, there's a little slip of paper that I put in the back there that has the information on for the prayer meeting. All you need is a phone. You can call in. But we have prayer meeting every two, from Tuesday to Friday, 7 to 8 p.m. And, but there's been a constant theme lately in our prayer meetings. And in the theme, the focus has been repent and return. Repent and return. And, and um, you know, one of the things I heard recently, I, I'd missed this somehow, but at the end of uh, September, uh, Franklin Graham actually led a march in Washington, D.C. It was September 27th. And that was really the focus, was on repent and return to God. This is, God is giving, a, giving our nation a chance to turn back to him. And, and we need to pray that happens. Because as he, was, as he was praying this prayer, he says, if it doesn't happen, there will be consequences. And we're seeing those consequences day after day. And we're seeing natural disasters, one after another. And we're seeing all kinds of things happening. We'll talk about that in the message. But that's my prayer. And that's what we've been crying on. That's what, you, what I want you to join with us in, is, is, is focusing our prayers on that. And so we've just been really, we were crying out from the book of Joel, Joel chapter 2, 12, verses 12 to 17. But they, they could tell you in the prayer meeting, he said, why do you keep praying the same thing? Because God's saying, pray the same thing. This is where we're, we are stuck and we need to get unstuck. And God does not want us to stay where we are. But that's where we are right now. So I, I just want to explain to you about um, what's going on in our prayer meeting and encourage you to join us. But with that said, I have to ask a question. What about you? Where are you at? What are you going through and how are you dealing with it? I'm glad that you're here with us now. I'm glad that you are online with us now. Um, God has a lot to say about that. 
And he speaks to that in the book of James. And so I want you to turn with me now to the book of James. And we're going to focus on uh, chapter, uh, chapter 1, verses 2 to 8. As you turn there, before we read the passage, I want to give a little context before we read this. James is a book that boldly speaks and boldly asks the question, is your faith real? Is your faith real? I can't help but think of Brother David Anuha um, when, when, I, when I say that because he, he says, you know, we, we're not to just be hearers of the word, we're supposed to be doers of the word. You know, and, and he says that all the time. And so the, the question is, are you talking your faith or are you living it out? That's what James asks. It's, it's a tough and it's a very, yet a very practical book. And, 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 and so, and, and he goes on to say in chapter 2, verse 24, what faith without works is what? It's dead. Faith without works is dead. And so that, that's, that's what this book is, 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 is about. And James begins the book in chapter 1 by speaking to the readers who were most likely Jewish believers who, and on how to deal with trials and temptations. And it's been suggested that these Jewish believers were from the early Jerusalem church that after Stephen's death were scattered as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Syrian Antioch. So that's a little bit background in the book. And um, we're going to press in. We're going to start with verse 2. And we'll begin to break down the passage. Uh, Read with me now. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Consider it joy, my my, my brothers. Whenever you face trials of many kinds. Now, the point, our first point this morning is we can experience joy, the joy of the Lord in the midst of a trial. We can experience the joy of the Lord in the midst of the trial. Now, let's be honest. Not many of us, you guys might be the exception. I know I'm not, I'm not there. Not many of us consider it pure joy when we face trials. Right? Normally, our reaction is to grumble or complain. I know when I, when I face a trial... Uh, and we, we say, why is this happening to me? You know, why are you doing this to me, God? And we have a tendency to get angry at God and at others when we're going through trials. We get frustrated. But I want you to notice what it says. It, it says, notice the word when. James doesn't say if you face trials. He says when you face trials, meaning we're all going to face trials. And the point isn't to pretend to be happy when you face pain, but to have a positive outlook in the midst of the trial. It doesn't mean you're going to be happy at the time, but to have a positive outlook in the midst of the trial. Saints, there have been so many challenges and trials during the last seven months. Oh my goodness. You know, during this COVID season. Uh, if you can't say amen, say ouch. You know, I, I, I've had this conversation many times. Pastor and I, I, we joke about this, but I said, I did not see COVID-19 in the fine print when I came on as interim pastor. <laughs> we had a good laugh about that. But God is good, right? God is able and God has carried me through. But I, literally, when we think about it, our lives have been turned upside down. You know, I looked up this morning to see where we are with this, this crisis. We now have 214,000 lives lost from COVID-19. We have 50,000 COVID cases daily for like the last three days. 39 states are going up. Okay, right now, 39 states are increasing, and so it's not going away. Uh, we've experienced, and get past COVID, there's been other things, right? We've experienced police brutality, racism, violent protests, and then ongoing natural disasters. 
Every time I look up, there's another hurricane happening down in Florida, Louisiana area. There's one coming through right now. They're running out of names. I mean, there's so many things going on. Then if you go on the West Coast, you got wildfires. So there's a lot going on. God is speaking, okay? I just want you to know. God is speaking in the midst of this. And even within our body here, our body of Christ, uh, Lynn Morris made me aware within our church, just within our church this year, at least uh, 20 people have lost loved ones in our congregation. I've had to order and reorder more grief books because we've been going through it. And sometimes it's extended members. Uh, Smitty, Glatha, Deacon Latha Smith this morning, he just lost his sister, Jean. And so we're going through this together. Uh, but my question is, in the midst of all of this, how do we experience joy in the midst of all this and uh, all these trials? And that's what this passage is going to speak to. Now, first of all, you need to understand something. Many of us have a naive, false understanding of Christianity. And I'm going to speak right now to the TV evangelists and those of you that have been watching that stuff. Man, there's a lot of, lot of fake stuff out there, okay? You've heard that stuff where you need to have faith and everything's going to be right for you and you'll have a car and you have all these different things. And you know what? That's, that's just not right. That's not, that's not telling you the whole truth of Christianity. It's superficial. I call it Christian light. That's not, that's not the real deal. I mean, God says we're all going to suffer. There, there's gonna, suffering's part of our, our life. We think that growth or maturity means our life will be good and all will be well with us. That's what we're told when we watch those shows. But if you really think about it, we don't grow that much when everything's going well, do we? We don't grow that much in that season. We have a tendency to actually get, complac get complacent and to forget God when everything's going right. Amen? That's the truth. I mean, that's the truth. And, and real growth or maturity is shown by how we respond to the tough times. Real growth is shown by accepting the trials in life as part of how God matures us. And God wants us to accept trials as part of his process of perfecting us. You can say amen, everybody. Feel free to say amen. You got your mask on, but you can say amen. amen. Brothers and sisters, we can still have joy, the joy of the Lord in the midst of the storm. And when James says, consider it pure joy when we face trials, he's not saying, God, thank you for the trial. He's not saying, God, thank you my wife died or that you lost your job. He isn't saying thank you that your family, you or your family has COVID. We're not expected to just like the difficult circumstances in. But what James is saying is that we can choose as believers to have a joyful attitude in the midst of the trial. That's what, when we've been talking about God's faithfulness this morning, that God is with us in the midst of the trial. Amen? And so it, how, you say, how is that possible? Well, it's possible for a couple of reasons. One, it's possible because our joy is not to be tied to our circumstances. Okay? I'll say that again. A lot of times we think it's all about our circumstances. But Jesus says, I give you a peace that's different from the world's peace. We can have peace when everything's right, right? When everything's going well, that, that, that's, that's easy to have peace then. But Jesus talks about a peace that's beyond our circumstances, that's not tied to our circumstances. Our joy comes from our relationship with the Lord, okay? Our joy comes from knowing who God is, who we are, with him, and that he's with us in the midst of the trial, any trial, that he, he will never leave us, he will never forsake us. 
And that's why the Apostle Paul could be in prison and still experience the joy of the Lord. He knew that God was bigger than his circumstances. He was praising the Lord. That book that we just came through, book of Philippians, he wrote that book when he was in prison. And you remember the word, the theme? Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. He was telling people on the outside while he was on the inside doing time to rejoice. And so you and I can, we, you and I can do that. TK, thank you for, for leading us in worship this morning. Worship has been a big part of our history at UBC. And we, we used to, we still have a decent amount of worship, but we used to have some long worship times. As a matter of fact, people would come to our church and, and they want to know, why, why is your worship time so long? And, you know, I used to have to talk to them and explain to us, explain to them. So the reason we had worship so long at Uptown is I said, people come here broken. And when you're broken, when you're out on that street, when you don't have a job, when you don't have a place to stay, it's hard to get your eyes off of your circumstances and on to God. And so we would worship, and we would worship, and we would worship till you could set it down at the cross and fix your eyes on Jesus. Because at that time when people would come in, I remember uh, Pastor Milton would, would go up to people and greet them and say, you know, how you doing? And some people would be praising the Lord, and, and then others would, would be struggling. Hey, man, I'm really struggling. And he would say, praise the Lord anyhow. Praise the Lord anyhow in the midst of your storm. But it takes time to get people to that point. And so we had to take that time. So people were able to finally lay that, their burden to, at the cross and fix their eyes on Jesus. So many times when we're going through the storm, you know, we're, we're telling God how, how big our problems are when we need to be telling our problems how big our God is. Amen? And, and so, but it takes time to get there. And that's why worship's been such an important part of our church. We're going to read on to verse 3. Verse 3 says, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So it's telling you the why. The why we consider it joy because it, it, it talks about what's going on. So another reason we're able to experience joy in the midst of the trials is because we have faith that God has a purpose in the trial. Amen? It's, it's, a believer can rejoice in trials because he knows it's not meaningless. When you're going through it, you don't know why. You don't understand it. But God has a purpose in it. God's not mean. He's not out to hurt you for the sake of hurting you. But let's be real. It does hurt. It does hurt. But God is allowing the trial or the hurt because he wants to grow you. I've titled this message Growing Up because this, this, is, what, this is what trials are all about. It's about growing up. And God is using the trials as a way to produce a deeper, a stronger, more certain faith. And the testing of our faith brings maturity. Amen? Now, perseverance means the ability to persist in something despite difficulties. And in NASB version of the Bible, it says endurance. Endurance is the ability to withstand hardship or stress. Now, now what's interesting is in the NASB and New King James Version are almost the same, but New King James Version says uses the word patience. God's developing patience in you. How many of you need patience? I know I do. I know I do. I'm seven months. I'm done. I'm COVID fatigued. I'm ready to take off the mask. I'm done. But God's like, nope, nope, it's not time yet. And I saw some people, I mean, I don't know if you guys have been noticing it, 
But it's out there. I see people in Uptown this week, nobody's wearing the mask. Or some people wearing the mask down here and all. <laughs> I'm like, there's no point. But people are just tired. But we have to persevere. God is teaching us patience in the midst of this trial. And, 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 and patience doesn't mean lying down and, and playing dead in difficult situations. Rather, it means enduring and overcoming the situation with joy. And so that's one of the things I love about our, our times in prayer and our times as a congregation. We keep encouraging one another in the midst of the storm. And that's why those prayer meetings are so powerful. Because when we come together, somebody's always going through something. And, and they need that word. They need that scripture. They need that, that encouragement to know that people are carrying the burden with them to the Lord. It helps this morning. I told Pat and Tony, we will be lifting you up to the Lord this morning. They need to know that we're lifting them up, that we're praying, praying, praying for them as they're quarantining at home. Amen? And so that's part of it. The testing of our faith produces perseverance. And our faith, when our faith is tested, the strength and the reality of our connection to God is being tested. You know, do you believe, do you really believe what you say you believe? It's being tested. Trials can make us question, is God really there? You ever been there? Does God really care? Is he good? Is he dependable? Is he able? These types of questions show that our faith is being tested. Now, the purpose, you know, I've talked about just, just talking about the purpose of the church and the prayer meeting. That, our purpose is to remind each other, yes, he is. Yes, he is able. Yes, he is faithful. Yes, he does care. Because when you're going through it, especially when you're going through it, you know, it comes in waves sometimes. Sometimes you only have one trial, right? Sometimes it's like one, two, three. How many more? You know, it's, it's too much. And, and, and we need people at that time to refocus us on the Lord. And persevering and enduring the trial, it proves our faith. And, and tests show what, what, whether we know what we know and whether or not we can use what we know. Okay? And so the bottom line is trials can't be, can't be a testing of our faith unless we have faith. Amen? And that's what we're find, you'll find out. That's why we see people fall away in the midst of these trials. And that's why we as the body of Christ, like, you know, we try to keep people connected because when they fall away, they need somebody to chase them down. God talks about that in James chapter 5. He says, go and chase them down. You save them from a multitude of sins when you chase them down. So we have to do that. You need to make the phone call. Say, hey, we missed you. Where are you at? Turn around. Come on back. And so, lastly, perseverance is foundation to developing character that is complete. And it also performs a work in us. So the goal of this process we know is maturity and wholeness. It says in New King James Version, let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And so the picture is that God is perfecting us through the trial. So we need to stop complaining and fighting the test and choose to endure, even lean into it, allowing God to bring us perfection. I don't know about you. I, I feel maybe I'm alone on this one. I usually want the trial gone, okay? Lord, take away the trial. And sometimes he does. I'm ready to move on. I'm not big on that. But God's like, sometimes he makes us sit in it. And it doesn't go away. Sometimes he answers prayer quickly. Sometimes it stays with it. We've, we've got some prayers that we've been praying on our elder board uh, for one of our elders. In our, we've been praying those prayers for years. God is still working through it. 
And so I just want to tell you, be real with you. Uh, don't, don't believe what you see on TV, okay? I mean, I'm telling you. It just, just because you, you're praying and God doesn't rule, it doesn't mean you don't have faith. It just means God's working on you in the, during that process. And so, and so embrace it and help us walk, help us, uh, let us walk with you through it. Let perseverance finish its job. And where perseverance is at work, guess what? God is at work. Don't fight. Don't resist. Our growth and maturity many times depends on the, our ability to withstand tough times, allowing God to do the work in my weaknesses. And, and the reality is it doesn't feel good, but the good news is that God wants you and I to pass the test. Amen? He wants us to pass the test. And so we just have to get out of the way and let him do his perfect work. So in applying this, I just encourage you to stop fighting the trial. Have faith in God to bring you through it. Persevere and let God perfect you through the trials and test of this life. Verse 5, uh, last three verses I'm going to read before you. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. It's the word of the Lord. God gives, generously gives wisdom, divine help to those who ask. He just asks that we come in and we ask. When James speaks of wisdom, he's not only talking about head knowledge, okay? I'm not just talking about head knowledge. I'm talking about the ability to make wise decisions in difficult circumstances. And that's what we need. I don't, I don't know about you, but when I'm stressed out, I make the worst decisions. I need to take a step back. I need to not say anything. I need to pray. And then maybe speak. Maybe God just said be silent. But God speaks in the silence. And I make bad decisions when, when I, when I, when I, when I, these knee-jerk reactions. You ever been there? I know, I know I'm not alone on this one, you know. The wonderful thing about God's wisdom is, is it's practical. It's divine. It's more than common sense, and it's Christ-like. Asking for wisdom is ultimately asking to be like Jesus. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24, the Bible calls Christ the wisdom of God. You can look that up later, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24. Christ is the wisdom of God. When we seek the Lord for wisdom, we need to ask Him in faith. It's all about believing, right? We need to believe God cares. We need to believe that God will hear and answer our prayers. And that's why we remind each other over and over again about answer prayer. That's why even as I ask you guys to pray for the boiler, I'm not worried about the boiler. I've seen God do too much. I've seen God provide for the boiler. I've seen God provide for the stained glass windows. I've seen God provide for the chairs. Amen? And so he's going to provide. He's going to provide. But we need to be in this together. And so, so you know, we know that. We know that God's shown that. And, they, and as I read this verse, again, I want to read it for you. Begin Isaiah 26, verses 3, 3 to 4. It says, You will keep in perfect peace those whose mind are stayed on you because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, the Lord himself, is the rock eternal. So we need to keep our eyes stayed on him. We need to trust and have faith in him in the midst of whatever situation we deal with. 
So he goes on, James goes on and says, when we seek and we doubt, we get what? You get nothing. You get buckus. You get zilch. You get nada. Okay? When you, when you don't have the faith, I, you know, I want to talk about that because he makes it very clear. You have to be solid. And, and I want to talk about why we sometimes doubt God for a moment. Many of these things I'm about to share are from the other guy, by the way. It's from the enemy. These, these are lies from the enemy. And you know what I, who I'm talking about. So here they are. Sometimes we don't believe God really cares. Sometimes we don't believe God is able to answer our prayers. And lastly, sometimes we believe we know best. You ever been there? You know, God's supposed to be driving the car, and you, you say, you know, I got this one. You put God in the trunk and say, I, I got this one. God's not to be in the trunk. He, he's not even supposed to be in the passenger seat. He's supposed to be driving the car. He, you're supposed to take directions from him. But sometimes we say, oh, no, I, I know how to do this. I remember when I first came to this church, and I remember I, I was $13,000 in debt. I was ready to file for bankruptcy. I remember sitting down with Tim Larkin. He got all, all these envelopes. He laid out all my bills. He said, bring all your bills. I didn't know embarrassed and bring all my bills, all the credit cards, all the everything. He, and he made an envelope for each one. And then he had this envelope that didn't make sense to me at the time. He had an envelope that said tithe. I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> 13 grand in debt, brother. You got no time for no tithe. He said, you need to start. You need to start. You know, <laughs> so he challenged me. And I, I wish I could say I was perfect. I wasn't perfect, but because he had that envelope, I at least tried to tithe. Now, when I really when I, when I saw the light is when I married my wife. Now, when I married Mary Ellen, there was no question about the tithe. The tithe was, it was done, first thing. Amen? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you. But I, I have to tell you this. Because I followed his direction, you know, my goal was like, when I get married, I'm not going to have any debt. And in three years, I was able to wipe out $13,000 in debt. Praise the Lord, somebody. And I was able to marry, marry my wife, Mary Ellen. And not bring that debt into our marriage. And so I praise God for that. But, you know, I, I, needed, to, I needed to grow in that. I needed to go in that. And so, um, and some of you have some areas where you know, uh, if you can't say amen, say ouch, you know that you're, 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 you're driving the car. You need to give God control of your life and, let, and, let, and be the follower. And so I just want to say that. So I'm, I'm going to prepare to close in just a minute, but he, he, he goes on. And I want to encourage you to not be like that man that, 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 that is double-minded. You need to have faith. And you need to keep faith. And sometimes you need others to help you believe and, and just to remind you of the truth of Scripture. So when you see, when you see somebody wavering or we see somebody, we got to encourage them, right? And that, again, as I bring up, I want to encourage you to take advantage of this prayer meeting that we're, we're doing Tuesday through Friday. You don't have to tune in every night, but I want you to call in sometime because sometimes people call in just to listen because they're getting encouraged just from listening from the prayers that are being prayed. And sometimes they just open up and they share prayer needs. Sometimes they're just giving praise reports. But the reason I'm sharing this is we help each other on this journey as we walk and as we grow together. And so I want to encourage you to, to, to make that time and to pick up that slip of paper and to call in and join us from 7 to 8 p.m. Tuesday through Friday. You can call in every night if you'd like, but definitely call in and become a part of what God is doing there. Amen? So as I close, I want to share with you some things that we've been 
talking about in the prayer meeting. And it's really been amazing. We've, we've actually been sharing the blessings of COVID. Now imagine that. Everybody's done. We're, we're tired of it. We want to move on. But we've, we've been sharing with each other what has God taught you during these seven months. And I'm going to share with you just some things that God has taught us and that people have shared with me. Um, and feel free to write them down or type them on your phone. Uh, reflect upon them later. But here are some blessings. We've learned what's important in life. Okay? We've, God has been teaching us contentment. As my brother shared earlier, you know, we need to be content to have food and clothing. Okay? Now, now you, you've watched commercials that says you've got to have that BMW and the Mercedes and everything else. But God didn't say that, and it's not in the Bible, okay? It's food and clothing, okay? And so we need to be content, even in the midst of, of times where people are fretting and panicking and everything. It's been a time to reevaluate our lives and our priorities. That's what we've been doing. And then also, we need to grow in our relationship with the Lord. The Lord has given us nothing if not more time with Him. And so we need to take advantage of that time and spend that time with Him. Don't waste the time. Spend the time with the Lord. And also, He's taught us, reach out to non-believers. This is that, that Elijah song. This is the season. This is the harvest. Right now, there are people that are lost, and they are at the end. And they don't know where else to turn. And I've seen people opening up that have never opened up before. I've got a neighbor right now that's going through cancer. She's talking about God, and, and she was hostile to God before. And I, I know we've got to get over there because it's time. And when it's time to reap the harvest, it's time to reap the harvest. You don't wait because if you wait, the harvest goes bad, okay? When the harvest is ready, you're, you reap. And so it's time to reap the harvest. And God wants to use you and I, each of us, right where we're at, to be about that, all right? And so we need to be that salt and light right now. Uh, we learn now is the time, as I said, to lead people to Christ. And then we're learning how we should live and the attitudes that we should have. You know, a lot of us grumble and complain, and we're like, man, we got it good. God has been good to us. We're also learning how to face our fears. That's why I opened up with that scripture. That scripture ministers to me as well as you guys. And there's been some days where I'm like, man, felt that fear creeping in and I need it. Man, I need to be reminded. Going to Psalm 9, Psalm 27, reminding myself that God is in control. Growing in faith. And then prayer is not giving in to the fear, but standing what? On the word of God. So those are just some things that we've learned. We've learned as well with these masks, social responsibility, right? Why do you wear the mask? Do you wear the mask for you? Some people think they do. We wear the mask for each other. You wear the mask for the other person, right? That's why we wear the mask. That's why we practice social distance. That's why you guys are sitting three rows back right now, because we're, 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 we're practicing that. And, um, and then also we're learning how to suffer well. God did not say that we were not going to suffer. That is not in the Bible. But he says, I can teach you how to suffer well. And he talks about it. He disciplines those what? He disciplines those he loves. And so it's part of our walk. And so we need to learn how to experience God's peace in the storms of life. Then lastly, return to your first love. It's all about Jesus. Okay, and I, and I just share that with you because even in the church here, and I've struggled with this. I'm like, I want to get back to doing all the ministry, Pastor. 
Come on. I want to be doing what I want the Monday night. I want to do it. And God's like, what? You got to do it different. And then sometimes he says, it's not time for that right now. You get, you know, so I mean, I'm just saying sometimes we can even put ministry ahead of our relationship with God, right? God forgive us. And so I want to just close with a word of prayer. And I pray God has spoken to you in this time. Let's, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you're growing us up. And you're trying to grow our nation up. We continue to pray that you, that we would repent and we would return to you. That you would use this time in our nation to bring us back to you. And then Lord, we thank you for the things you teach us during trials. Lord, uh, that's why you said consider it joy because of the fruit that it produces, Lord. That you produce perseverance in us. That you bring maturity to us. That you make us complete. You're, that you're perfecting us. Thank you, Lord, that you not only saved us, but you said, I'm not done with you yet. I got some things I need to remove and things that need to be replaced by my Holy Spirit. And so thank you, Lord, that you're not done with us yet. I thank you, Lord, even in the midst of the trials, even in the midst of the pain, even in the midst of the suffering, that you are with us, that you carry us. And so, Lord, I pray that we would, would lean into it, that we would allow you to do your work and Lord, we, we do. We do want this trial over. We do. We love to be COVID-free as a nation. We like to move on. But Lord, help us in the midst of this trial to lean and learn the things that you want us to learn. And Lord, we pray for that for us as a church, your big C church at large, and then we pray for our country. Lord, 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 work in our country. Do your work. Bring about the change you desire to bring. We pray people would repent and return and turn to you that it would turn to you in this time then lord lastly we pray that you would use us to, to, to bring in the harvest to bring people in lord for those that are listening today i just want to say that this thing that i'm sharing is very simple god says just to admit the truth admit that you're a sinner admit that you can't save yourself and ask for forgiveness of your sin. Jesus died for you. He went to that cross for you and for me. He died so that we would not have to experience eternal punishment from God, but that we might have a relationship with Him, a relationship with the Father through Jesus. And so it's as simple as inviting Jesus in, asking Him to be Lord of your life. I encourage you to do that if you haven't done that. If you're listening online, I encourage you to do that right now. Invite Jesus in and then to let us know. So we give you the glory, Lord. Go with us. Use us. Pray we have a deeper understanding of, of what these trials are all about and that we might be able to consider it joy and, and to have a positive outlook even in the midst of the trials that you bring about, knowing that they are for our good and that you're perfecting us and that you're bringing about good things through them. We give you the glory. We praise you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen, everybody. Amen. You're welcome to stay seated. And if you feel compelled to stand, go ahead. But we we'll just close with a song.
fades and all is stripped away and I simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless you I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required You search much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart Let's be a prayer, I'm coming back I'm coming back to the heart of worship When it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made When it's all about you It's all about you
I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it when it's all about you. It's all about you. I'm coming back. Let it be prayer. I'm coming back to the It's all about you. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made. It's all about you. It's all about you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's all about you, Jesus. Getting back to our first love. Amen? Pray that that would be something you would press into this, this relationship that we have with Jesus. It would be something you press into this week. And uh, it's not just so much about knowing about him. It's knowing him. Knowing him. Spending time with him. So I was so challenged last week when uh, Brother Bob spoke and he talked about Fasting, prayer, and just meditating, memorizing. It's all about knowing Jesus, being with Him, spending time with Him. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's, let's close with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank You. You are good all the time. And all the time You're good. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us when we, we've made it something else. We make it about doing stuff for You. Lord, we do those things when we do them out of gratitude, but it doesn't replace the relationship. So, Lord, help us to enjoy and press into that relationship that we have with you. Coming back, coming back. And help us, Lord, even as we do that, to lead others that don't yet have that relationship with you, to lead them to you. So they're looking, but they just don't, they don't know what they're looking for. And so, Lord, help us show them the way to you. So, Lord, go with us now. We pray that you would go with us. We pray that you would use us. Uh, just, just help us to be aware of the opportunities that you give us. And to give a word and a look and a touch in Jesus' name to those that we encounter. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.